Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched Hackers. And uh, for this episode, very special treat for you guys. I will not use our online handles. <laughs> One of us is happier than the other. <laughs> Boy, am I. <laughs> I still get cold sweats. Pal Utsov ambushing me in that bar with that. There's a good three or four websites. I'm desperately waiting to die off already. <laughs> it keeps me up at night, man. <laughs> Can't wait till 25 years from now when I run for office and somebody finds my myriad of online usernames from the 2000s. <laughs> now, did you operate under the gamer tag and you just immediately bite into the <laughs> capsule? <laughs> no, that was clearly the person whose name I filled in the first and last name slots of that account. <laughs> Cock sandwich. Alternatively, friend of the show. It, it might come up like, that's not racist enough. You're not even going to win local office with that, buddy. That's a good point, yeah. You think you're going to... I'm cancelled by both Israel and Palestine, so I'm just equal (laughs) opportunity, you know? know? Bipartisan legislation. So, uh, about the movie... You know, every once in a while, like, you know, you get a movie like The Faculty or The One where you don't really know a whole lot about it until you actually put the VHS in and then you actually watch the damn thing. Hackers, you kind of know about. Like, you kind of know about hackers. It's kind of been like a thing, especially in the online community. It's like, hackers, oh, it's really stupid. It's like, that's not what hacking is. Okay, let me watch the damn movie, right? You put it on. I was not prepared. I don't know about you guys. I was not ready for this. If I had watched this movie when I was five years old, I would never have played a sport. (laughs) I didn't watch it also. (laughs) Being a teenager on the internet in the time that we were teenagers on the internets, just every fucking conversation was other teenagers trying to tell you about this movie and The Wizard. Right. And you know what? (laughs) Yeah. They were right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, here on this show, we get very annoyed at the stable of movies that are hyped by everyone online. But you're right. They they were absolutely 100% correct to champion this. <laughs> you see Boondock Saints? No. Have you seen fucking Hackers? <laughs> but, you know, that's a good point, okay? Every once in a while, and, and Alex, you brought this up several episodes ago, is every once in a while you get one of those movies where Cats is the, the example, right? It's like, this is our next target of the week. This is what we're going to pick on for the week. And it kind of gets old after a while as everyone is dumped on it. Hackers has spent some time. Hackers, you know, I think some of their wounds have healed, so it's time to get some fresh kicks in. Uh, that in, like, it, this is sort of in our wheelhouse. This is one of the perfect movies for this episode. We say this, we have not actually talked about the damn movie yet. So, uh, Parker, uh, do we have any news for this week? I have one bit of news that's very important to the show in general. <clears throat> our good friend Gerard Butler gave an interview and in which he said... I think with everything going on, we need Mike Bannon. He needs to come back. So we have a fourth Has Fallen film on the way. 
And also, he has confirmed he is getting daily script pages for the Den of Thieves sequel. Toy Fuck Toys yes, starting dude. to turn around, folks. <laughs> oh, Den of Thieves 2! All we had to do was make it to the halfway point. We did it, guys. Uh, the executives who are listening to our episode, we appreciate it. Please turn off ads. You know, we gotta make some money here. But, uh, also, like, cancel the Snyder Cut while you still have a chance because yeah, you don't want to watch it. If you guys have Please that power, God. if you could, like, you know, do something. Boy, like that, that is a fucking looming threat and off in the distance. It I'm is... going to be very busy. I'll, just, I'll let you know. That's fair. I'll record it by myself and I'll just talk to two fucking pillows. That's, That's the Majora's <laughs> Mask episode, you know. That loom is just coming down here. <laughs> Cyborg's face <laughs> in the moon. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Dead of Thieves 2. Really excited. <laughs> When I read the Diamond District of Marseille, I'm like, oh my god. It's going to be a fucking diamond heist. He goes up to a mime. He just goes up to a mime, grabs him by the shoulder. Did we play high school football together? I I love the idea of that franchise being the new Oceans franchise so fucking much. He said his whole crew's coming back, y'all. The idea of like, all right. How do we do, like, the obnoxious Americans in Europe? Oh, here comes Gerard <laughs> <Butler>. <laughs> He just doing the Vince McMahon walk out onto the fucking, like, tarmac, man. I, I am ready. I love Gerard Butler so fucking much, you guys. Like, when so that trailer cool. dropped for that fucking Greenland movie, it's like, hey, y'all seen Deep Impact? Here's the last 20 minutes for 90 minutes. Like, oh, let's <laughs> reopen yeah, theaters. Man. We deserve this. Yes. Yeah. I love him so much. With everything going on, we need Mike Manning. That, that is exactly what I was so, thinking. There are so many ways to interpret that. Some more chilling than others. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be, there's a lot going it's on. It's going to be, be a movie of him torturing Chinese scientists. I hope you're ready. <laughs> no, honest to God. Oh, man. It's, you know, who knows where he falls on the Antifa debate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to find out personally. I think he's apolitical. Parker, do we have any other news? Nothing as important as that. All right. Except, uh, you know, that weekly update that the world's on fire. It's oh, fine. yeah, I forgot. Okay, do we have any jerks of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Always jerks of the week, buddy. <laughs> I do. I think we all might have a similar one. All right, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, wondering. Uh, I'm going off grid with this. Okay, fine. let's hear it, Alex. Nice. My jerk of the week is anybody that makes those fucking spaceman pointing a gun at the other spaceman memes because every single one of them isn't funny. Do you mean Spider-Man? <laughs> no. <laughs> I oh, told lucky. you. Oh, no, the, so lucky. oh the, the astronaut. The spaceman. He's pointing yeah. at like, the, the Earth and there's like a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some there's some just fucking bottom text shit written on a planet. Yeah, like, that, stop, yeah, guys. It's it's bad. Yeah, that does. It's that. a bad format. Between that and the 75 Joker edits I've seen of the fat gun couple, like, I'm, oh, we might be in a meme drought, guys. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I have to admit, though, you know, RWA did a pretty good job with that uh, GoldenEye 64 cover. That's pretty good. Yeah. Although I do I do maintain that the Contra cover would have been better. Parker, do you have any jerks of the week? Oh, I've, I've seen that one three times today, too, oh, buddy. No, Don't I'm worry. sorry. Damn it. <clears throat> three months. Locked up in quarantine. My wife, my beautiful wife. Uh, we wait, go to Parker, 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 what? Parker, Parker. You're not allowed to take my jerk of the week. You did this last time, and I'm really mad. <laughs> Let's share. We can we can split. We can split all three. Okay, we'll go teamsies on this. 
You knew in your heart I was yeah. going to clean. This is literally, it happened five minutes away from me. I have <laughs> I could walk to that fucking me cocina right now. <laughs> All right. I mean, we might as well give the whole story. So, uh, uh, Parker, not to cut you off, but it's like, they, they've been locked up for three months. They were like, finally, date night. We go out to what's the name of the restaurant, Parker? I don't care. So they go. Me Cocina. Some authentic Tex Mex. They fucking order some. I guess on the border was just packed to capacity. (laughs) Is that owned by one of Vin Diesel's cousins or something? I hope so. Yes. I hope so. They order some vaginas, and the woman there, she has her head in her hands because she can't eat vaginas without shredded cheese. (laughs) We have asked. Four people going on 18 minutes. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I don't know what's the best part about this. The 18 minutes might be my favorite part about this. And you didn't get shredded cheese. I can tell you what the like, worst part is, which is going to sleep at night and my last thought being fajita wife guy. And just knowing like <laughs> I could just die in my sleep and that's my last coherent thought for my synapses stop firing. It had the same energy of that episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog, where little Muriel makes courage make her mac and cheese. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, okay. Not think about it, not think about it, not think about it, not think about it. Okay. So, anyway. so, she can't eat the fajitas unless she has shredded cheese. Is there, like, a gun to her head? Does she not fulfill certain requirements for the fajitas? What? How could you? They're right there. You're just adding cheese. She's laying back, like, reclined, head against the wall, staring down. Like, it's a fucking mad world. It's about to start playing over the top. <laughs> this is the worst date night of her life. Three months locked up. Which, by the way, as someone who lives in Allen, Texas, no, they fucking didn't. Guaranteed. <laughs> I can tell you that right fucking now. Hey, you know what else she doesn't have? There's a fucking mask on in that picture, but don't worry Well, about it. Parker, to be fair, maybe they drove to Allen, Texas to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> maybe they made a quick trip from fucking McKinney to eat at Mi Cocina. <laughs> All dressed up for date night. Honey, it's been three long months sheltered, secluded, only being able to go to Walmart until 7.30. It's not fair. We deserve fajitas. Where is my shredded cheddar? You know, That's the, all I've asked for. The worst part about all this, those fajitas look pretty good, man. They do. I might have to next time I we go a, there for a meetup. I'm gonna have to get look, some of that uh, meat cocina. I am a Tex-Mex piggy. I will just devour, no matter how garbage. If you say, "Hey, you want to go to on the border?" Yeah, it's probably trash. I'm gonna eat four of the sample platters. It's fine. <laughs> meat cocina. Was that the name of the quarterback of the faculty? <laughs> <laughs> it sure wasn't whatever the fuck you were called. <laughs> and it was Stan Hatosi or something? <laughs> Some sure. Uh, we here at a... <laughs> Hatosi. Okay. Well, uh, those are our jerks of the week. Sorry we had four to go splitsies. people. Who are these four people? Right? Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, hey, amigo. Yeah, I asked your friend there and he walked off. Uh, my wife can't eat these until she gets her craft shredded cheese. We need the shredded cheese. You know, they're just asking random Mexicans. Look, I've lived in the city my whole life. I, I can look at this woman. I know her story. I've met this woman a thousand times. I know exactly how this went down. It wasn't pretty. Okay, so if you know this woman, was her husband the, the 21-foot rule guy? Oh, God. 
them two being in my city have given me such <laughs> inexorable power. I am, I am so jealous I, I didn't grow up there. Everything cool happens in your city. Nothing cool grow. happens in Poolsville. At least Poolsville has, you know, the clan. Had. <laughs> eh, you know. Just hanging out. <laughs> also, other jerk of the week, everyone who still says Karen. What are uh, we doing yeah, that, I have to admit that that's been ruined. that's been months, dude. Man, that has been ruined. <laughs> can my can my other jerk of the week be Jersey Mike's? <laughs> what do they do? What did Jersey Mike's do? Oh, did you you didn't see this? No. Dude? Oh, BLT buddy, he has oh, a new name. I just saw it. It's incredible. <laughs> is it just Mike's? The BLT is now the BLM, <laughs> the bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Oh, oh <laughs> I love no. brands, you guys. Yo, wait, did you say the McDonald's one though? Or was it, Bur- no, it was Burger King? It was Burger King. You will not believe the Burger King one. For Pride Month, they changed their online name for Twitter to Burger Queer. <laughs> Wait, that was real? Yes, that was real. <laughs> Shit, that sounds like something a fucking middle school boy. I can would call guarantee you. I've been called that at least three times in my life. <laughs> Is that Burger Queer? What they called Fat Kid and Monster Squad? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking Jersey Mike's thing has the same energy as fly into September 11. <laughs> you will never forget these never deals. In my life, have I heard someone say, hey, can I get some tomatoes on that? I can't eat my BLT without tomatoes, dude. Oh my God. I've asked four mics. Nary a mic has brought me tomatoes. Excuse me, some it's... shredded cheese and tomatoes. It's somehow dumber than Ronies and Chobies. <laughs> Auto Rocket is head of marketing at Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Zibba zabba lamos. Oh yeah, I forgot that we could fly. Black Lives Matter. Woogity 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 woogity. <laughs> Cops think fingers are food. <laughs> Tractor? Okay, let's get into what we've watched recently if we can. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> okay. The state of the world is unbelievable. 15 minutes. I know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Aftermath. I watched a, a short called Aftermath. Uh, Parker, it's on the list. Uh, this one's, Damn it. It's a short. I actually kind of hate this movie. Um, again, it's really more of a short. A short. Have, have you heard of Aftermath? I have not. Okay, it's this is really stupid. It's uh, basically uh, this guy is working at a morgue and a dead body comes in and he like dissects it and he pulls all the blood and the guts and so it's a bunch of gore. And then, are you desensitized yet? He actually fucks the corpse and everything. Wow, and, crazy! Right? Yeah. Then he like he takes all the guts out of it and then he brings the guts home and then he puts them to a blender and then he feeds them to his dog. Isn't that fucked up? Wow, the human mind is so twisted. Yeah, that's it's. Well, that's basically the movie. Here's the thing: like, if you're going to be fucked up or something, maybe it should have a point to it. Like, I, I didn't like audition, but at least it had a point. This doesn't go anywhere. This is just like, oh, oh what are you scared yet? Do you think it's gross yet? Well, I guess, but I know it's all fake because it's a movie. If this was in service of something, of, of something, then maybe yeah, I could get into it. But the way that it is now. No support. I, this this actually kind of sucks. I wasted my thirty minutes. Uh, so next, I watched 
skip that. I have nothing interesting to say about that. I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to talk about the original Adams Family. When I say original, I mean the 1991 version. Uh, this is the one with Raul Julia and uh, Christine Ricci and uh, Christopher Lloyd and uh, all the other ones. Uh, I actually hadn't seen this one in like years. I was a really big fan of the sequel, Adams Family Values, one of my all time favorite movies. Adams Family is pretty good. Um, it's definitely not as good as the sequel. And part of the reason Correct. is that um, they had a guy come in who looked at the script and went, Ugh, and he just punched it up. He added in a bunch of jokes. Those jokes, you can kind of tell where he punched it up, and those became the basis of the script for the sequel. And he became the head writer for that. I'm like, okay, so give more credit to the writer here. But the main draw of all this is the acting. It's a lot like the Brady Bunch movie, where the performances are really what lead it. Obviously, uh, Christina Ricci is very good as Wednesday Adams. Christopher Lloyd just having a ball as Fester. But honestly, you, you guys, I really miss Raul Julia. Was there ever Same. a cooler actor than huh. Raul Julia? He could do anything, man. I, 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 I don't know. Similar to Gerard Butler. <laughs> very yeah, very similar to Gerard Butler. Uh, the world needs Raul Julia right now. <laughs> I, I think the main failure of Adam's Family Values is it's a little too married to the original TV show, comics, or whatever it was. It's got Raul Julia playing with this little train set in his office. I like model trains. I'm practically a dad. I think they're pretty neat. But there's no joke. They're just there in the movie. So it's kind of like the Flintstones movie. He has to have his bare feet while driving that car. It's Because that was in the show. Uh, yeah. Next week's episode, Viva Rock Vegas. So the next no. movie I watched was... <laughs> Only takes two. <laughs> you don't always have to be the second one, Alex. <laughs> he just says that. He doesn't even mean it. He just says that. Okay. Well, well actually. Don't call his fucking bluff. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, Parker. <laughs> Uh, Alex mentioned our favorite character earlier. Are you familiar with the Joker, that fucked up clown prince of crime? Dude. God damn This it, guy Chris. thinks that crime is funny. <laughs> I don't care for it. Uh, well, Parker, he was based, uh, the design of the Joker was based on a silent oh, I know movie called The Man Who Laughs. Um, at 1928, it's got... Uh, what's, that, what's that guy's name? A bunch of dead people. No, Yeah, they are dead, yeah. Uh... <laughs> So the man who laughs is on that horror list. I do not know why, because uh, it is actually not. What? Sorry, sorry, stuck up on me. It's okay. That's a good one. Uh, The man who laughs is not a horror movie in the slightest. It is a. It was a romance. It's a drama. It is something. It is. It's creepy. Uh, his makeup is really, really creepy to look at, and as a result, I think his acting performance is one of the best I've ever seen. It must have hurt like hell in order to do it. And I'd recommend the movie. I think The Man Who Laughs is fantastic. Uh, but it's not a horror movie, so it doesn't belong on the list. So I, it's, This is really hard for me to get you, Parker, to watch it, because it's not a horror movie. You're not going to check anything off on the list. It's black and white. It's silent. But it has something tangentially Boy. to do with Batman. So, oh man, yeah. <laughs> clown more prince of a thriller. Of you're right. <laughs> yeah, it is more of a thriller. That you man used a lot of patience waiting for that opening. I, you know. I felt it. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm definitely going to. I already laughed things. over him once. It's got to be nice <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's go and skip this. I don't have anything to say about it. Uh, actually, I watched another short on the list that was really interesting. Parker, have you ever heard of a Japanese short called Haze? No, I have not. Okay, this one 
this one actually is really perplexing, and you would think that I would hate this because the ending is shit, and it doesn't explain anything. You're kind of left to guess at uh, the impetus for everything that happens. But basically, this Japanese guy awakes in... To call it a dungeon would be far too nice to the uh, enclosure that he finds himself in. It's this really, really tight, like, cement walls everywhere. He can barely move in this, like, labyrinth. And, like, he has to, like, shuffle sideways. At one point, he has to, like, open his mouth to give room for, like, a pipe going through it, right? And he doesn't know how he got there, and he doesn't know where he's going or what's going on or anything, and it's probably the most claustrophobic movie I've ever seen since Das Boot. And it is just fascinating. It's actually pretty scary. It's shot really well, and uh, there's a lot of bizarre imagery going on, and you are just curious the entire time. Now, I have to admit, again, the ending is a bit of a downer. I'm kind of left to guess at what's going on, but the the idea is so good that it kind of justifies why people watch Japanese horror. Because, like, American horror, at some point, kind of tends to repeat itself. There's a lot of the slasher movie bullshit, you know? We get a lot of that over and over again. But this, this is creative. And I like that. Uh, but to go back to uh, American horror really briefly... I watched uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, starring oh, Michael Rooker. Someone I wanted to have a bad evening. Yeah, as it turns out, okay, so you talk about like horror movies, right? And you're like, oh, that was really fucked up. That made me like feel really weird when I watched it. Boy, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer is like actually fucked up, you know? Yeah, it's like, incredibly unpleasant. And to, to learn that it was based on a true story doesn't make you feel any better. Uh, oh, did you not like the happy ending? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that final shot will just... That's a real, like, turn the TV off, like, maybe I'll just sit here it's, for a minute. Yeah. I feel like the the problem with that movie is it's too hard to believe that white women are going to get horny for Michael Rooker. <laughs> well, turns out, uh, More you don't Michael have Rooker to in me. some cases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, whew. That's a movie, all right. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, the, the thing about it is that... Uh, the performances are great. I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, and it does... I, if this movie sets out to do anything, which is to make people uncomfortable for their obsession with serial killers, which I think is like a real thing. Like, how many times you meet someone... It, and I don't know. I think it's usually women. Usually white women, actually. Uh, who are just like... They're obsessive about serial killers and they watch all those wow. documentaries about them and they read all the books about <laughs> Almost them. Almost like it just made that joke. Yeah. No, no. I'm going somewhere with this, though. And I'm, I'm piggybacking off what, what you said, though. And they, all these people who like all this stuff so much and then we show you the movie about what they're really like and suddenly it's not so much fun anymore. You know? If the movie sets out to do that and I think the movie does set out to do that then I think it accomplishes that with you know a plum i think it does it perfectly does that make it an entertaining movie that i want to watch over and over again no uh but yeah i'll give it credit it's a good movie and i hope i never see it again oh yeah that is a one and done for this guy yeah but uh, i have to admit i <laughs> uh, really like michael rooker in uh, both guardians of the galaxies movies I watched that uh, right. after I Hold got on. home from watching guardians of the galaxy <laughs> Did that you? was my <laughs> i was like oh i've heard about this I, oh boy! I, I, I'm calling bullshit on anybody liking his performance in the second one of those movies. Really? You didn't like him in the... He's like... I did not understand why that character was in the movie at all. Oh, I liked him. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, let's get to something I think we can all agree on. Uh, 
I don't know about you guys, but every once in a while, you you guys will talk on the podcast about like, oh, I saw this thing in this movie I was watching, and I was laughing so hard. I don't know. Maybe I got like a brain disorder or something. There's a lot of times where I'll watch a movie, especially if it's a comedy, and a joke will be told, and I'll think it's funny, and I might smile, but I won't laugh out loud. If a movie can make me laugh out loud by myself, that's a really strong indicator that's funny as shit. And I bring this up because I watched Pootie Tang. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I totally forgot you watched Pootie Tang. <laughs> okay, so Parker, I'm going to tell the story of how I watched it. I was at work, and uh, a colleague oh of mine, God. a colleague of mine, <laughs> said that he had never seen uh, Black Dynamite, and I kind of lost my shit. I was like, "How have you not seen Black Dynamite? You need to see this. Is one of the best movies ever made." And he was just like, okay, okay, fine, jeez. And uh, one of my black co-workers was like, wait, Chris, you've seen Black Dynamite? I was like, of course I have. He's like, you ever see Friday? Now that's good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen Friday. Everyone knows Friday. And all of a sudden, I had uh, like three black co-workers around me saying, like quizzing me on black movies that I'd seen. I'm like, yeah, I've seen, you know, a bunch of these. This is like, yes, I've seen New Jack City. This is like, these aren't like. Important question. Did they ask you about Undercover Brother? Oh, they didn't, but I have seen that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, you ever seen Candyman? Yeah, I did. Okay, let's... I, I'm not completely stupid. <laughs> you ever seen Bones? <laughs> they uh, should have I, never yeah. gone to Johnny Bones' neighborhood right, and done yeah. him like that. Jimmy Bones, so, but who's keeping I'm track? I'm so, so sorry. So they're just asking, have you ever seen this movie? Have you seen that movie? And uh, what... I don't know. I, at some point, I was like, uh, like, man, you have a little soul in your blood. Thank you, sir. And uh, my boss, uh, who happens to be black, uh, said, uh, you know, you really got to see Pootie Tang. I'm like, what, what in the world is Pootie Tang? <laughs> I have to see what now, sir? Yeah, sir, uh, I, I'm live on an event. I've got a client who would like to, uh, Pootie Tang, you say? And then he, you have to admit, he caught himself. And he was like, well, it sometimes helps if you are under certain uh, you know, substances. Okay, so Correct. I drank precisely one beer and I put on Pootie Tang. And I gotta Bold. tell you, there were multiple votes that made me laugh hard as shit. Two come immediately to mind. Uh, the first one is, and this is Kid, the dumbest kid in town. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, I had to rewind, I was laughing so hard. So Pootie Tang is uh, going along and some woman is all over him in the elevator. She is, oh God, Pootie, oh God, oh, trying to just make his way back to his hotel room and it's already funny because like he's going like along like the hallway just trying to get by her to go into his room puts his little finger on her lips so she stops it just sneaks into his room it closes the door there's this little as he locks the door and then she's like demanding that he comes out there you can't just leave a woman out there it's not right opens the door slightly and puts out a little just a little like bowl of milk they just puts out their water, <laughs> closes the door, and that's the funniest thing I think I've seen in a movie all year. And uh, I fucking died. That was great. I loved it. And I guess runner up third place would be when uh, Pootie Tang records his own version of 433 <laughs> by John Cage and releases it as a single. The entire scene. Chris Rock playing that and just bouncing his ass on the, on the desk. Pootie Duck did it again! <laughs> Pootie too good. Pootie too good. <laughs> Screaming as he knocks all of his CDs down. The Asian dad walking in. Turn off that damn noise! <laughs> <laughs> Pootie Ting's really fucking good. 
<laughs> so, yeah, it's been a while, like but <laughs> the third best uh, black exploitation that I've ever seen. Obviously, number one has to go to Black Dynamite. Number two would have to go to My Name Is Dolomite. Uh, Alex, have you not seen My Name Is Dolomite yet? Somehow, I haven't. Uh, I know I need to. I, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just keep on me about it. I'll watch I'll do it the best I can here. Um, I watched it. Uh, <laughs> I know that feel, brother. Yeah, no, there were a couple. It's like I, like I could tell you about, it, but I might as well save them for next week because I got like one more in the series. Uh, I, I mentioned a while ago that I'm rewatching movies, uh, movies I saw a while ago, and seeing how do they hold up. So I rewatched 2008's The Hurt Locker. Um, now when The Hurt Locker came out uh, way back when, I didn't like it very much. I actually thought it was a little boring. I don't think that it, uh, it really set out to say very much. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe I'm full of shit, right? And let's see how it holds up. I liked it a lot more this time. I, I There was a lot more that I liked, and not just with the camera work, but I was invested more in the characters and the story and everything. And it, does it go out to say what it needs to say? Well, I, I suppose so. I have to say, what's the lead actor? Is it Jeremy Renner? Is his name? Correct. That dude's... Yeah. Why, why is he in movies? It's, this this movie has like started my blood feud with Jeremy well, yeah, Renner, he, and he didn't win me back at all until Wind River. He doesn't do <laughs> I'll anything. answer your question now. No, I have not seen The Hurt Locker, and the reason why is starring Jeremy Renner. Yeah, he's so <laughs> uninteresting. And bl- he's not a bad actor. I would not say that at all. I think he's perfectly fine, for, perfectly serviceable. Perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable does not a good movie make. I need better than that. He's a Jonas Gray. I need backwards. somebody. I need somebody that would have said no to tag. Right there. You go. I feel like oh, that's God. that's got to be a line. Yeah, man. He's just <laughs> he's nothing to me. So uh, my final question here, and I pose this directly to Alex, is uh, the movie asks a certain question that is never answered. Why do they hate our freedoms? Really makes you think, dude. Yeah. Because of but if you uh, if. If you want to find out, there's a little movie for you called American Sniper. You should check it out, buddy. I actually haven't seen that one, so... You oh. might be getting assigned that at some oh, point. Oh, good, yeah. Oh, better you than me. I got my fair share of war movies last season. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> you, get a, you get a pass because you watched The Wall. So. <laughs> and The Horse Soldiers. Let the record you state. watch 12 Strong. No, they're American bombs. Okay, so the last one I watched is one that made me actually mad. So I haven't been, like, really, like, furious at a movie since, I guess, a remake of The Lion King last year. Uh, I just finished reading I, Tina, the autobiography of Tina Turner. Um, it, it was really good. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Uh, Parker, I texted you, you should read that book because it's the closest thing to a horror book I've read in a long time. Ike Turner. Oh, good. Ike Turner was one of the music in- industry's most infamous monsters. And, uh... It is worth reading. Uh, her music is still great. What, what I did is every single time I got to one of her songs in the book, I would like listen to that song. I was like, hear it, right? And like, oh, wow, that really is good. And it's superbly written. And uh, it's about an important person. I think everyone ought to read it. And so I found out they made a movie based on it called What's Love Got to Do With It? 1993, it's got uh, Angela Bassett and uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. And... Uh, those performances are really good. They were, I believe they were both nominated for the Academy Award. It was like a historic thing or something like that. And uh, good for them. Their performances were excellent. Uh, as for the movie, it's, 
it, 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 it kind of reminds me of Saving Mr. Banks, in which it's sort of buoyed by these great performances and yet is told in service of innumerable lies. There's so much that's inaccurate about the movie. The only thing that they got right is that Ike was an abusive monster. Yes, he was, but there's there's so much there's so much else here. In fact, it, it starts to become less and less about Tina and more about Ike, and she deserves better than that. I, I actually lost track at the number of things that they got wrong. But one of the main things that they get wrong that really bugs me is that they try to imply that the reason Ike beat her was because that uh, she was getting more attention than he was. That may have been a contributing factor, but the man was a psychopath and a drug addict. That's the reason that he was beating her. And to take away from that is to give Ike way too much credit. It humanizes him a little too much. Uh, I hate movies like this. I really do. And there's a whole bunch of movies where I can forgive a few historical inaccuracies. Most Mel Gibson movies, I suppose. But if it's told in the service of a point, that's accurate. That's fine by me. Apocalypto, that's fine. Braveheart, that's fine. 1776, that, there's a lot of inaccuracies in those, but they're told in service of a point that's accurate and true. I'm fine with that. What's love got to do with it? I think that's really insulting. It sort of speaks to like the collective illiteracy of the United States. So many people would go out, and this actually happened. More people went out to see that goddamn movie than actually read the book. So more people have a concept of what, what happened in the movie. That must be what actually happened. And it's not. People should go up and read the book. The book's not even that long. The book's like 200 pages. You can read it in an afternoon. And so, I don't know, it really bugged me. And then I watched Hackers. Alex, what did you watch? Chris, I'm not trying to got you, got you this when I say this. Or got you when I say this, but like... Didn't you have the exact opposite take on the Queen movie? Which which Queen? Oh, the Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. No, uh, well, actually, I'm trying to remember what my take was on the on the Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, I actually couldn't remember. I knew you either loved it or hated it. Like, like, you loved I, it and defended I, it. And like, I was it. the hated it guy. I, Don't worry. No, I, I, was, okay. I was the one who loved it, yeah. Huh. Uh, I think that's a fair point to make. Uh, I had such a good time watching it. and but And there were a lot of inaccuracies in that movie. But I think the reason that I defended it is because it did not give short shrift to the rest of the band. And every single person who wanted to see Bohemian Rhapsody didn't give a shit about Brian May or Roger Taylor or John Deacon. They only wanted to see Freddie Mercury. And I think that Queen was bigger than Freddie Mercury. I don't think that Queen exists without that guitar, without that bass, without those drums. And I know that voice is incredible. I know that voice is up there with Ronnie James Dio in terms of rock and roll. But I think that that movie was important in that it gave more attention to those guys than would have occurred otherwise. Because the movie that everyone wanted and no one got was the Freddie Mercury story. And instead we got Freddie Mercury and also John Deacon, Brian May, and Roger Taylor. So that's more or less how I felt about it. Also, there were a couple good jokes. Yeah, right, I didn't now like that it. that's out of the way, <laughs> now that that's out of the way, you, you mentioned uh, saving Mr. Banks, and I spent the entire rest of that thinking about Agent Cody Banks instead. <laughs> I figured you'd like to know that. Thank so. you. I actually did. I appreciate you telling me that. Uh, next week's episode. Okay. <laughs> Only, Only takes two. Three, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what I watched this week was about 20 hours of Sailor Moon and 25 hours of my friend playing Final Fantasy X. Holy shit! So, what a powerful week for you. What in the world? Dude, like... Look, okay, so, like, Final Fantasy X was, like, my favorite game when I was a kid. Really? And, like, yeah, when they did the remasters, I actually bought a PS Vita just to play it again. Wow. And, I mean, this was, like, five or six years ago, and now there's a PC release, and, like, people are playing it again. And 
like every time I could just like watch somebody play that while I do something else and I don't have to sit there and just press the buttons for hours, I'm so into it. Nice. I, I like I fucking love that game to death and seeing somebody else experience it for the first time is like doing a lot for me. And also I watched a shitload of Sailor Moon while I was No, that's so, that's all you that's know. all well and good. Just understand that I'm going to have to edit in the laughing sound from that game over you talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of like rewatching somebody play that game is like that's not even one of the five horse cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like about that cutscene, like it's it's like a really funny laugh. Like the whole game, the the fatal flaw of that game is the voice work. Right. Like the fucking voice work in that game is abysmal. But like in context, that scene makes sense, I, yeah, and there are plenty that don't. Every, every single person who tells me about this scene is like, "Oh well, he's trying to like, you get rid of the stress and whatever." The in in context, it makes sense. I'm sure it does, but I'm not watching it in context, am I? <laughs> Correct. Uh, as for as for Sailor Moon, the more interesting of the two topics. Uh, also, you correct. gotta love Sailor Bronx, right? <laughs> I I am so glad the memes are true, and Sailor Moon really does hate cops that much. <laughs> Wait, okay. Did you watch it subbed or dubbed, buddy? Come on. Who do you think you're talking to? Come on. <laughs> what just, kind of fucking question is that? Sure. You think I'm going to read a cartoon for pedophiles? Just wanted, Fuck I yourself. just wanted to make sure it says, Hey, Serena! We're going to get a substitute! It's, it's a cartoon it's for It's very pedophiles. important to watch it with the fucking voices I watched it with when I was like eight. Right. And it has to be that dub. Like, they went back and like did it right. You can throw that in the trash. I don't want it. Right. Correct. Yeah. You know? Oh, here's the proper translations and the episodes aren't... <laughs> nope. Exactly. Don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> That's for fans who actually care about the show. I am it's, a trash can. <laughs> I I will say this, and this is possibly faint praise, but worth saying anyway. It is the most I've ever enjoyed an anime that didn't have robots in it. Ooh, that's strong. Oh, that's very strong. <laughs> you know what? I might be watching some Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, not even a side, huh? Oh, well. It's it's all on YouTube. Oh. Jinky. Yeah, like end of April. End of April, they put the whole fucking thing on YouTube. Okay, so Parker, what did you watch? Oh, buddy. So first of all, real quick. So I finished all the Godzilla movies. I finished all the King Kong movies, including my queen, Lady Kong. So I watched (laughs) the very, very first, the original Gamera movie. Really? Without the bots? Yes, it was a difficult decision. (laughs) Big shout out to the scene where they think they finally foiled his plans by getting him trapped on his back so he can't roll back over. And then he <laughs> recedes into his shell, launches a bunch of thrusters, and flies off like a flying saucer. It's one of the most incredible power moves I've ever seen in a kaiju movie. But also, <laughs> you know, kind of sucks. It's what you expect. Correct. I, I, I think I told you a story a while ago as I went into Walgreens. I don't remember what I was picking up, but they had like that used dvd thing you know i get a dvd for like five bucks i'm like oh hey let me check it out and they had the complete works of gamera for five bucks i was like i'd be give an idiot to not to get this so give me give me give me give me all right so i accidentally ended up with a theme this week Uh-oh. so let me just start right here fright night the original and the remake alex my <laughs> friend i know you have very passionate thoughts about the remaking Man. colin farrell would infect me day one i could <laughs> not invite him into my house fast enough <laughs> that cast top to bottom is insanely fucking good it's 
I don't understand how that exists. I've said that probably a dozen times this podcast. I don't understand how it exists, but I fucking love it. Like, I remember David Tennant as the fake Chris Angel. I remember Colin Farrell. When I realized, like, wait, the lead is Anton Yelchin in Evil Ed. It's just Mick Lovin, which is a thousand percent perfect casting after watching the original first. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. That's who that would be nowadays. I fucking, I love the scene because they have a bunch of shitty music from, like, 2011. Instead of, like, a score. So there's a scene where poor little Anton Yelchin is trying to explain to Doctor Who, who is dressed and acting like Chris Angel, about how his neighbor is a vampire. As David Tennant's just carefully pulling off his fake wig and Chris Angel mustache and Kid Cudi's playing in the background. <laughs> it's so fucking good, you guys. Like, Tony Collette is his mom. I'm sure you brought that up, but that just blows my mind. Like... <laughs> The entire cast. Dave Franco is random friend number two. I don't even know if he gets a name in that movie. <laughs> Dave Franco is the closest thing this movie has to a greaser. <laughs> and man, you're not wrong. It is close. David K was involved in some capacity, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, both are good for very different reasons. Now, I did not know that the original Fright Night had a sequel. I also did not know that it was like an actual movie, like with two of the stars returning. Directed by the guy that did Halloween 3. So I'm not gonna not watch it. I wonder, like, why the fuck have I never heard of this? Like, it has a real budget. It was supposed to be in theaters. Funny story about that. So, first Friday night comes out. It does alright. Like, not incredible, but it makes some money. But they sell it off and it was like, here, someone else can do what they want with it. So they make the sequel. And they start running commercials. They start, you know, start moving along. Like, they had trailers out, but they didn't show, like, any of the footage yet. It was all shit from the first movie. And they st- things get rolling and rolling. And at one point, um, one of the stars and the director have a lunch with the chairman of the company that's putting the movie out. And it goes very, very poorly. Just total shits top to bottom. Everyone leaves unhappy. They go home. The chairman, one Jose Menendez, goes home. And that night is murdered by his sons, Lyle and Eric Menendez. And that is why Fright Night 2 did not go to theaters. <laughs> that is a fact I did not expect to ever learn, that the Menendez killings are directly responsible for a silly vampire horror sequel just not existing. That movie exists in a void. You can either pirate an HD cut because it aired on HBO, or you can watch a fucking VHS rip. DVDs cost like $200 used. The movie practically doesn't exist. It is fine. It's absolutely fine. And then I stayed on the vampire kick. Yes. Because y'all... Fuck yes. I had never seen John Carpenter's vampires. Yeah, me neither. Ooh. It's really disappointing that James that James Woods is so good at movies. Right. man... <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest takeaway. Like, like this is... Obviously, one of Carpenter's like lesser works, but even then, they're still so pretty to look at. The scores are still great. It's just something about it doesn't click. But the movie itself, it's totally fine. Like, it's an absolute solid like three stars. Like, it's it's just hard when you come off his '80s run of like five or six of my favorite movies ever made to be like, oh yeah, that was all right. But yeah, it's fine. A little long. I do like. The movie just fucking opens with James Woods just... He has a crew of vampire hunters. And they just roll up into this shitty podunk town, roll into a house. And James Woods has, like, a harpoon. And he shoots a vampire with it, and you're like, alright. 
And then we cut to Billy Baldwin on a truck. And he <laughs> reels, he uses the harpoon to reel the vampires out of the house into the sun where they burn and explode. Okay, and I was like, you know what? This might be a pretty good movie. And also the female lead is Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Hell yes! So, <laughs> it's in your future, Chris. Like, it's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah, I want to see it. Here is... I thought I was done with vampire movies. Here was the problem. On Letterboxd, logging it, scrolling down, see related films. What do you mean they made a direct-to-video sequel about this? I have to click it. I click it. Some shit I've never heard of in my entire fucking life. Directed by the same director of Fright Night Part 2, also Halloween 3. I'm like, huh, that's weird. I almost exit the tab, but something in my body tells me Hey, Parker, scroll down. And I fight the urge. I fight it, but I give in. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, who they replace James Woods with? Scroll down, top build, John Bon Jovi. I oh yelled, my God. fuck, <laughs> so loud in my apartment. Because I couldn't not fucking watch it. I couldn't not watch John Bon Jovi hunt vampires. <laughs> so I did it. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Turns out... Not very good. <laughs> no kidding. It's so you're saying Gene Simmons is a better actor? Uh, yes. <laughs> Jesus. I will not remember that movie two weeks from now. But like, I knew if I came on the podcast and went, there's really been a sequel to John Bon Jovi, and I said I hadn't watched it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right, yeah. You you got to bring something to the table here. Correct. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> not as bad as I thought it would, but it's still not good by a significant margin. So after fucking five vampire movies, I was over it. So I watched a Jean-Claude Van Damme picture entitled Cyborg. Yes! <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know the Chappelle show sketch where Arsenio Hall's furious that no one told him how good the cheese was? <laughs> Some good-ass cheese. That was me like 20 minutes into Cyborg. Like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> no one ever told me how good this was. <laughs> have both of y'all seen it? No. I have not. Uh, I no. this might, is this a future episode? Hey, what if someone at Canon Films looked at Mad Max and went, yeah, we could probably do that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Man, put it in. There is a scene. By the way, don't ask me to explain the plot, because Jean-Claude recut the movie after all the test screens went terribly, so all the plot is just gone. It's just... Multiple sword fights, by the way. Good. So this dude's chasing John Claw Wright. It's nighttime, and he's going through the sewers, and he comes out like this opening, and the camera pans out slowly, and you see that hoisted above this bad guy is John Claude Van Damme doing the splits on like those stone pillars above, and then he drops down with a sword and murders this dude. <laughs> it is. It might not be an episode, but it's something you should hundred percent see. It is incredibly powerful. Uh, Parker, you have anything else? No. Okay, that is okay. the last movie Canon ever put in theaters, and we deserve to pay our respects to it. <laughs> what, and I'm, what year did that come out? I, oh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, sorry. I can look it up real quick. I didn't read the trivia, but I'm a thousand percent that literally every single one of the bad guy's dialogue is dubbed over. Whether he's on screen, whether he's walking away, whether he's looking right at the camera, I think every single line was redubbed in post. <laughs> and it is exquisite. Just the way I want it. Okay. He kind of sounds like Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Let me reiterate, Jean-Claude Van Damme, sword fights, plural. Yes. 
in the future. <laughs> it's, it's real good. Okay, let's talk about hackers. <laughs> All right. So uh, this movie begins with uh, federal agents <laughs> using a battering ram to uh, break into a house in must be in Allen, Texas, because that's where all the good stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> Chris, don't you have an actual hacker living in your basement? I, I do. Uh, <laughs> anyway. This could have been you, could, buddy. That's good. This could be me, yeah. Uh, and uh, they take this little kid. They say he's 11-year-old. This, this kid is like four. And they put him in a little booster seat in the court. <laughs> And uh, they claim that this little kid hacked, was it over 5,000 different computers or something? I, I know throughout the movie they say, oh, 5,007 or something. And uh, his family is in... I, I happen to have the number right oh, here. It is 1,507. 15, oh, so you are close. Yeah, close. yeah, 1,507 different computers, which seems like a lot. And the prosecutor really wants to put this kid in the gallows. Like... All right, off the kid's head. It's you know hacking is very serious crime. You know, probably shaking the finger <laughs> like a principal. And the judge is similarly mad and uh, finds his family forty five thousand dollars. Which they, important yeah, question? No, this is back in nineteen eighty eight. So forty five thousand dollars is like forty five million dollars. Let's hear your question. <laughs> Were you also imagining this prosecutor the whole time as John Goodman from B Movie? <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. Just, just wheeling himself around there, toweling himself off with a little handkerchief, saying, <laughs> and he boy, boy, I say, boy, <laughs> them get dang computers ain't right. Think of all the honey. <laughs> so, you mean to tell me, and he's just thumbing his suspenders as he does, you are downloading <laughs> pollen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have any of you ever downloaded pollen? <laughs> I don't sound like that. <laughs> okay. So anyway, if you say so. so anyway, <laughs> Wait a second. So anyway, the little kid from Jerry Maguire is forbidden to touch a computer or a touchstone phone until his 18th birthday. So in the meantime, he's got video games and masturbation. And uh, already this movie has uh, a flimsy relationship with reality because on his 18th birthday, <laughs> the guy pulls out a computer and is immediately hacking a, a TV network. And he does this by... Uh, <laughs> to be fair, uh, I can tell that the director or writer or, or whoever was responsible for this mess did some research and got everything wrong. The, the way that it is, like, hacking doesn't just mean I'm going to hack into their database and just, you know, you're typing on, like, bullshit, right? <laughs> Some of it is, like, social engineering. You have to call someone and, like, you sort of seduce them. You get their password. You could like, log into stuff, right? So he calls one of the maintenance <laughs> guys... Well, the security guard hacking at all, and, and this is just how they got John Podesta. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls up Comet Ping Pong, and one of their janitors answers the phone. He's like, "Yeah, can you tell me one of the numbers on uh, the router?" He's like, "Oh yeah, sure. It's eight zero zero eight one three five. And okay, thank you. And uh, he's able to <laughs> get into the entire TV network. Meanwhile, someone named Acid Burn stops him 
and uh, says S E Z. You have to get out now, and it's like spelled like numbers and stuff like that. And right off the bat, this is like very pure, concentrated, undiluted '90s good shit. There's there's only one place you can go to see scenes like this today, and that's Law and Order SVU. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, it's like that's kind of what I like about it is that like it's very '90s to the extent that no one really had any idea what was going on. No, it's good. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Oh, okay. I, the entire time I watched this, like, okay, so he comes out of his room and for breakfast. The first thing he does is he grabs a Coke, and uh, his mom is Same. just like, yeah, can I shut off the power to his room? All he's doing is playing with a computer, or maybe playing with himself. She makes eye contact with him when she says that. Kind of, Not kind awkward. of wish she didn't. And uh, he's like, yeah, mom, I went through puberty. I'm 18. Yeah, he, I was jacking as it. As he walks into the uh, bathroom, he says, and I'm still a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> same buddy yeah same buddy this dude <laughs> needs a... to get a copy of doom and a subscription to boob magazine so no after... touch tones <laughs> so <laughs> stealing porno subscriptions through his phone right exactly so uh anyway he gets out of the shower you know rinses dries off gets dressed and he rollerblades to school <laughs> the next hour of this podcast we'll be talking about rollerblades. Oh my god. The fucking just reveal of him like just walking into that school with the rollerblades tied together and slung over his shoulder. It made such a powerful aura. I was almost blinding. It's I almost took a pause and take a walk around the room. I'm so happy we got to watch the film adaptation of Jet Set Radio. It's fucking you're like, oh, this guy looks like a dumbass, and then you see everyone else right? yeah. come in the frame. At the first, Angelina Jolie walks in, and you're like, oh, fuck. This is just what they look right, like. Right, yeah, like you see him, and he's got like that stupid dyed blonde hair, like he's Eminem or something like that, before Eminem became famous. And like, like you're looking at him, it's like, oh, this can't be our protagonist. And then you see everyone else, oh, this guy better be our protagonist. Because <laughs> the first guy he encounters is Sally Can't Dance from Con Air, but with long hair, like he's Tito. Dude, that outfit, he looks and sounds like a Key and Peele character. Right? It exactly. is overwhelming. <laughs> He's the, the fucking script doctor who makes Gremlins too. Sally can't dance. So University of Tennessee. <laughs> he comes out in that leopard print with that fucking hair. That voice. It's too. a lot to take in. That, that voice too, and he can't tell him where the principal's office is because he's making a collect call to. Who gives a shit? Uh, then he's in class. He's in. I think it's. We're gonna call it English class. Uh, they're discussing poetry. Uh, Angelina Jolie is in here, and uh, I don't know if this is her film debut, but uh, she looks she looks great. She's got she's got really really short hair, which you usually never see Angelina Jolie win, but uh, hey, she looks great, and uh, she is in the movie. Anyway, she writes down some poem or something like that, but it's by her mom, and the teacher's just like, "Your mom's not a real poet," and she's like, "She's." <laughs> She responds like she, she sold two million books last year. Everyone in the class goes ooh, and the teacher takes another drink from his flask. And uh, then it's a real oh, dart. You're even dumber than I thought. <laughs> oh, dip. Anyway, so the camera pans over, and there's some individual. I'm not 
quite sure who this is, who writes an Ozzy Osbourne lyric on the blackboard. He's got like these curls and everything coming down, these weird sunglasses. And he says his name is Emmanuel Goldstein. Now, I looked it up on IMDb, <laughs> and it says that the actor's name was Matthew Lillard. It, it must be like a different Matthew Lillard, right? There's no way that that's Matthew Lillard. I... <laughs> I don't know if this character actually has the same name as the bad guy in 1984, but in my head, it's the same name. The nerve to have him coming out wearing those Morpheus glasses with the four braids and like overalls and the cut up dead Kenny should be like, oh yes, my name is Emmanuel. Like, absolutely <laughs> eat my shit, yeah, dude. To be fair, what are you talking have, like, about? Those rabbi sideburn curls that go down. <laughs> no, those are dreads, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll take it over to Josh. Chris has forgotten the days of the dirty heads. <laughs> the dirty heads. Is that like the guy from Pootie Tank? The dirtiest man in the city. <laughs> the dirtiest kid in town. <laughs> take a bath. Anyway, so uh, he, after class, after class, they're, they're walking outside, and uh, one of their little, there's no other word to call this, one of their toadies comes along. You know, like one of those guys is just going, uh, uh, excuse me, down here, I'd like to be part of your group. And I, if I want to be a part of your group, I have to have a handle. Okay, so like, enter in some characters and some numbers and stuff like that. That's your handle. No, no, you got to help me come up with it. How about Lord of Darkness? How about Master of Doom? <laughs> Any oh, prince no. of the netherworld? <laughs> Thank you. I got your back, buddy. <laughs> Oh, I felt it. I felt a tremor in the air. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, Alex, just enter your own handle. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> hey, guys, how do you spell Thranobulax? <laughs> anyway, so uh, after that idiotic scene, they go to the club. Now, in the past, confess, I did not like club scenes. This scene, though, this scene is starting to this turn me different. on to club scenes because I would give I, anything. I would live in this club. I would go here twenty four hours a day. You know that they have one of those like CRT TVs where they just play the VHS stream over and over again. So oh did God. the first thing that did like were there real places that had indoor half pipes, or is that just like a thing that only existed on that TV? That definitely happened in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. It definitely happened in Double Dragon the movie. It definitely happened in Hackers the movie. So it's in so many movies, but like, is that real? Better have been, unless it was like Discovery Zone. Anyway, bring that back. So he goes no. in there instead of unpacking. <laughs> you have to send me there. Instead of doing his homework or taking out the trash, he goes there and Angelia Jolie gets the top score in, uh, I guess it's just Wipeout. And uh, he goes up there and uh, he gets an even higher score at, I guess it's just Wipeout. And, uh, Take that girl gamer, you fucking fraud. And she, and she gets revenge on him by making out with some guy whose name we don't know. So, uh, so aggressive. Yeah, the game. That's the thing. It's like maybe Angelina Jolie invented French kissing. I've never seen someone's tongue that deep in another person's mouth before. I've never seen two attractive people kiss and felt so uncomfortable in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can, like you can't really hear them kissing, but in your mind, you can like almost feel it. You know. I mean, you know, if I knew what that felt like, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So. Uh, me- Matthew Lillard is just in this movie, and he's in that club 
with the little toady guy who can't come up with a good screen name, and Sally can't dance, and uh, he who would be Sherlock. And uh, they're just, uh, okay, like, do I have to call him by his name? Do I have to call him Dade? The nerve I mean, to give him a real name worse than all of the hacker names is so good. You could, you could also call him by uh, either of his handles. <laughs> you want to go with Zero Cool or Crash Override, buddy? Oh, they're both. It was going to Crash Override. Zero Cool was a name that he shed when he was 11 years old. Now he's Crash Override, and Angelina Jolie <laughs> is Acid Burn, and uh, Matthew Lillard is Serial Killer. <laughs> of course he yeah. Checks out. So, meanwhile, they're just sitting at the table, probably eating Za. I don't remember, but it's the 90s, so probably. And he's like, oh, you think you're so bad? Let's, let's quiz you. What are the three most used passwords? And he says in order, love, secret, and sex. And Matthew Lillard pops up, and God... It's like a male ego thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens... They ask, now, Chris, Chris, tell me, is that foreshadowing? <laughs> I love that they ask for three. He gives three. And then Math- all six foot five of Matthew Lillard just appears in frame. And God! Like, oh my... Because he, he is overwhelming. That's the thing. It's like Parker. You do a really good impression of his voice right there. He does say the Matthew Lillard voice and God, but like in your like his presence there is just like and God, which might as well be the way. <laughs> oh fuck! It's happening. Anyway, that's a good point. Matthew Lillard is he hit puberty when he was like what three or something because he is so much bigger be than nice. everyone else in this movie. He's just way too big for high school. Too big for high school. The fucking fucking nerve to have him play a high schooler, much less a high schooler named Emmanuel Goldstein who looks like Right, yeah, that's a good point. What casting director signed off on this? Jeez. It's his hair. Parker, whose hair was more distinctive? Matthew Lawrence in this movie or John Travolta's in in Swordfish? Or Josh Hartnett's in The Faculty? I don't know... You can't give me the John Travolta in comparison. You could. Because it's the facial hair that really compliments it. That's fair. But I will say. You could have cast any of the five Backstreet Boys in this role. Anyone. And I wouldn't have watched this. Anyway, so. uh, What the Disagree. Matthew Lillard's performance in it. Part of it is those sunglasses, which, if I ever find a pair of those, those are going to a museum where they belong. How is this movie so what it is? I've never seen anything <laughs> like it in my fucking life. I've never seen so many wardrobe changes. Oh, they're talking about the wardrobe changes. And every oh single one is more distinctive. That has to be the entire budget. Every single scene is like, well, it's a new day. Obviously, the kids have changed clothes. Here's 18 new layers for him to put on. Okay, so it's both that and all the sets. Because these are like really super 90s sets where they just dump as much shit as possible into the room. And I like that. But if I could get out of something I like genuinely like about this movie, uh, just not even like a bullshit sort of thing right here, I think it's really actually fascinating that I can see a movie like this that's concerned with a topic that is per- it's been pervasive since like the 1980s, allegedly, uh, and yet it's using obsolete technology. They're hacking using floppy disks 
I <laughs> yeah, they are. Apparently, <laughs> that was a real thing. They're using literal like touchstone phones, and they can call anyone in the U.S. collect free. That's perfectly fine. And I think that's fascinating. I think that's really kind of incredible. And uh, hey, sure, I'm I'm into it. I like seeing stuff like that. And it, like, because the scene that comes right after this is that little Toad again. Well, I'm just going to call him Piggy. Uh, Piggy decides that he uh, <laughs> he has to do something or whatever. Yes, it do. He has, to, he has to hack the Gibson, dude. The Gibson, and he has to you know save it on a floppy disk, which he hides in a vent or something like that. And uh, he gets arrested for being a dumbass and uh, hacking a bank across state lines. Man, the feds will be on your ass, man. You're not elite. <laughs> They're gonna deport him back to his home planet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what what's his home planet? Moron Mountain? <laughs> I don't know where Fernobulax was from, dude. <laughs> I just like looking at their imbecilic little clubhouse where that black guy treats them like he's dressed like one of the cyber monks. Oh, you mean Lord Nikon? Yeah, Lord Nikon, thank you. Lord Nikon. <laughs> Lord Nikon. See, they call him that because he's got a photographic memory. That definitely won't come up again later. It's the fucking... I use this joke every episode, but it's literally... Wow. You know, that security guard had a lot of information. Like, hey guys, thanks for coming to this party. Yeah, I have a photographic memory. All right, back to DJing. See you guys in the third act. It seemed kind of extraneous at the time. Rick Rape, what are you doing here? Oh, no, that's a... Yeah, that girl's kind of cute. Yeah, she lives at an apartment, phone number, social security. Like, what the fuck? Play the prodigy song and shut the fuck up, weirdo. He's just staring at the sky while he does it like a lunatic. Oh, my God. So, um, meanwhile, the bad guy, uh, whose name is... What's it? Does the bad guy have a handle? He probably does, right? Oh, buddy, oh, buddy, buddy! Did you not write down Eugene the Plague Belford? Thank you. I, was, I got confused. I thought the plague was a reference to his uh, program. So his name is the Plague. His reveal. You said earlier you don't understand how like we'll just laugh out loud at movies. If you don't understand when that door slides open and he skateboards into that room wearing that coat. <laughs> Uh, Abbott and Costello could only dream of making something that fucking funny. Okay, so the bad guy's plot is to use a virus that will cause ecological damage. He's going to hack the planet. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, how would he actually do that? If he just does that, he's just like a fucking villain from Captain Planet. No, no, no. He will make money on it because he controls Deepwater Horizon, which will clean up all the oil spills. <laughs> and then he will blame it on left, right, Left, right? The hackers! <laughs> <laughs> See, I think he had another plan. I think he knew there was only one hacker on the planet who could match his ability, and it was the dolphin from Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> that dolphin did a righteous hack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we get the white hat to stay on the dolphin's head, but... <laughs> so they go back to... <sighs> There's so much skateboarding in this movie. There is so much <laughs> and rollerblading. This is like... This is like airborne, but with a plot. <laughs> yeah, Does good luck deciphering it. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck happens so, at well, this okay, point. Okay, let's go back to where we, where we were. Okay, so we're at Lord Nikon's party, <laughs> and we we cut from this party. <laughs> I want to just say this. Okay, so we're looking at uh, Angelina Jolie dancing around with hair shorter than Alex's, and uh, we cut from this scene 
to uh, fucking an addict meeting with Piggy saying, I'm not really an addict. I just like to play on the computer and everyone booing him. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I'm sitting here taking notes like, wait, who the fuck is this kid? Why is this scene here? Yeah. Did he get arrested? Why is he still in this movie? That's a director's technique, Parker. That's a way to let you know where he is, in case you care. So, uh, do you, for this do movie you think to be this over ninety minutes and have this scene? <laughs> you think this character inspired the fat kid from uh, Fast and the Furious? Because I think the it did. From no matter what you said, the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. correct, but <laughs> this kid's not even fat. But still, <laughs> he just he sounds yeah, he fat. Does, yeah. He's got a fat. Kid. He has a fat energy he about him. Is. There's a real rotundness about his aura. So, uh, <laughs> some people just have really good metabolisms. What yeah, are you going to do? Yeah, well, yeah. So, uh, must be nice. Meanwhile, at the party, um, uh, Acid Burn is busy making <laughs> out with her boyfriend. And, uh, the three amigos take that. One, two, three. Four amigos take their time to, uh, play around on her computer, which I guess she doesn't mind. And, uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about tripling the RAM. To which Sally Can't Dance responds. You're, you, sorry, you in the butter zone now, baby. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> I hope I never find out, to be yeah. honest with you. Anyway, so. Butter zone. So. All of the slang in this movie sounds like a direct threat. I don't care for so it. So Crash Override is is flirting <laughs> with Acid Burn. And the, Shut the up. other three guys. Do not stop saying The other three it. guys just sort of like leave the room to like give him time to get acquainted. Which means that he's just hacking on her computer and he's typing really fast it's like like that and uh she says to him i hope you don't screw like you type and there's like a five second pause he says has a killer refresh rate (laughs) (laughs) my refractory period is killer (laughs) anyway so they're going back and forth you know you know young man young woman birds bees sure let's go with that bears and uh honey don't say honey so they're going back and forth and uh they're just they end up challenging each other to a hack off and with the prize being whoever loses has to wear a dress on a date so uh part of his hack part of sorry his (laughs) wait a second I didn't realize they were British. He's going to wear a dress. <laughs> he is British. Wait. Oh, shit. He uh, is British. It should have been a dead yeah. giveaway with the I whole know, playing Sherlock on CBS thing. So he calls her puppet and... Uh... <laughs> and that's where the episode gets ruined right yeah, there. I feel right. it in my bones. Bet, bet, uh, bet you wish he, uh, he lost that bet so this movie would be yeah. funnier. <laughs> Real knee slapper. <laughs> <laughs> this bloke's got a dress on and he's acting. Super crazy. You go back and edit this. My apologies. <laughs> so never. Sorry. Never edit out any time that we make fun of British right, people. Okay. So part of... <laughs> I'm Lord Nikon. I am part... sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. No. Part of Crash Override's hack preparation to spring his idiot friend uh, from the federal patent in the ass prison involves a spray painting his keyboard and b doing the taxi driver thing in front of the mirror with floppy disks uh which <laughs> that's a good way to describe it what he does i don't know any other way to say it <laughs> so what they're trying to do is they're trying to hack i think it's colonel allen west and uh they're doing it by just 
they're just crank calling him and making him seem focused. <laughs> and he says, oh, yeah, real funny. Hangs up. And he picks it up again every time he gets a call. Unplug your phone, you, you guys are. <laughs> you guys are in big fucking trouble now. Oh, uh, yes, this is him speaking. What's a butt for? <laughs> okay, excuse me. Uh, Marion, get in the room. I'm looking for Amanda Hugging Kiss. Is she in this facility? <laughs> Oh, oh, they got me. Oh, it makes me think of the fucking Akewood comic where they prank called Marmaduke. <laughs> <laughs> this is an outrage. I am Marmaduke. So there's no one in this office by the name of Barry McCockiner. <laughs> Please, this is a private number. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sick of these damn callers. These fucking hackers. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) This one might be important. Uh, Yes, Mr. President. I want to come on your face. I don't understand what this means. (laughs) But what what if they asked him if he had any copies of Bomberman 64? (laughs) Jesus. Sick own internet. Fucking, you got him. Got him, guys. IP freely, any relation to Ace? I don't understand. Oh. I've been had yet again. So, Goddamn hack. Hello. Anyway, the, the four, five friends are uh, getting together and they're really getting, you know, becoming friends through hacking. So this movie is about more than just uh, computer software. It's about brotherhood and friendship and sex. And... Anyway, so they go to the top of a skyscraper and Matthew Lillard does a hyena howl. And it's like, that is the image of a generation right there. <laughs> I, I'm gonna need to press pause right there. He actually does his squatch call. Thank you. That, <laughs> he truly that, does. That was <laughs> unbelievable. It's the fucking scene in Predator after Arnold sets all the traps and he just howls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we cut back to Eugene, quotation marks, the plague. And he. <laughs> Fuck, is this the VR scene? It might be. Where he's just wearing, he's got a whole VR set on, but he's also wearing a vest with a sheriff's badge on this it. Is, yes, this would be it, because he says to his female compatriot, we are samurai, the keyboard cowboys. <laughs> Same, buddy. <laughs> keyboard cowboys. That's my fantasy name this year. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh... Unfortunately, Dimebag Daryl can't be here with us today. He was hacked in the middle of a live performance. <laughs> Someone hacked his bass and would play the right now notes. He's, now he's trapped inside the internet with that monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. We've never been canceled by the heavy metal crowd. Okay, so getting back to reality. Uh, Parker and I admitted to each other that we took diligent notes on this movie so we could make the best jokes possible. And I admit, I was, like, flying across. I took a ton of notes. And at some point, something happens, and you're not able to take notes fast enough to keep up with the movie. Unbelievable things just keep on happening. Uh, a good example is uh, the Sally Can't Dance guy. He's sleeping, right? And he has a Betsy Ross flag on his blanket on his bed. And First of all, buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. And second, <laughs> second, like, for him to have that Betsy Ross flag on his bed, all I can think of is, is he the Billy Mitchell of this movie's universe? Oh, my God. 
What? Okay, now Parker, now that it's... I feel like it's a five-way yeah. tie. <laughs> Parker, now that you have that in your head, imagine Billy... Imagine the bed that Billy Mitchell sleeps on. <laughs> imagine just sitting an 80-year-old woman onto a fucking flight with a vanilla, vanilla envelope with a floppy disk in it. Make sure this gets there, no matter what you do. <laughs> the referee for Twin Galaxies needs my floppy disk. Oh, Jesus. So, uh... Matthew Lillard... I don't even know if his character knows how to hack. Because I don't see Matthew Lillard's character actually doing any hack. Like, at one point, they're just like, wow, this hacking is getting pretty serious. We're going to need some elite talent in order to hack our way to the government. And they're all saying, I'll hack. And then, you know, oh, I'll help you hack. And I'll cut down the time by a minute. I'll help and I'll cut down by, by a minute. Gimli lends his axe, you know, everything like that. And Emmanuel Goldstein is like, Oh, I'll hack too, and it'll take it down by a minute. That dude does nothing but quote Shakespeare and Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> it comes down he's to just, sorry, go ahead. He's the vibes guy in the hacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They get to the big hacking thing, and everyone's in their phone booth, and he just does the fucking scream from the end of Sleepaway Camp, and then runs out of the frame, not to be seen for twenty more minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> His fucking entire character in this movie is that crazy guy that shows up in the middle of the geeks. <laughs> Shit. Look at that wacky guy. <laughs> oh, God. God damn it. I fucking love jokes for three oh, people. Man, but that, that one got us. Okay, so he's like, uh, Meanwhile, I, I just want to talk about. I don't know who. I. Whose room are they in? Whoever's room they're in has a poster of Metropolis, the 1926 silent German movie. That's like... You know, it really fits in with the <laughs> themes of the rest of this movie. That, that to me is like the, the key essential like movie bullshit is every once in a while you'll have like... It's not even like an art director. It's always the director who's just like, well, this was part of my influence for becoming a filmmaker. They'll have like Metropolis on there or like Jaws or something. It's like, oh, these movies inspired me. Look, no kid has a fucking poster of Metropolis. Imagining how like directs would be like, uh, you should watch these movies to like, you know, get in the right frame of mind. Just handing these kids Metropolis. Alright, now uh after you finish that you need to go get fitted for your rollerblades. <laughs> You self-indulgent dickhead. Just put it a Wilhelm screen and call it a day. We don't need exactly. this. Okay, so the virus, like, the way it works at one point or another. Maybe it's, oh, it's, I'd love to yeah, hear okay, this, but I, I wrote it down because he's like, first of all, he says, it's not a virus. Everyone, what? It's a worm. And I don't know what the difference is. So, uh, what the... <laughs> real, real, he's not a double agent, he's a triple agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. What they describe it as, the virus eats a few cents off every, uh, transaction. Which means that they program the exact same virus from Office Space. This was to say, wait a second. <laughs> I know, that's literally what Office Space was. So, uh, I guess Office Space ripped off this movie. So, Mike Judge, a stern wag of the finger. Uh, anyway, through the power yeah, that's the only reason through the power of teamwork, they can hack the system in five minutes. Uh, but in order to do that, they're going to need some groovy talent. I mean, uh, elite radical radical talent to think, get by. So they go back into the most '90s club ever, and they get those two Asian guys. 
uh, who have a public <laughs> access show that tells you how to hack a touchstyle phone, a touchstone phone, and they get them to help hack it. Those guys, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but they, I think they're the ones who help hack all the uh, traffic lights in New York City so that they can rollerblade faster <laughs> without getting hit by a, <laughs> by a taxi. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Did we skip... I don't know where we are, but did we skip our favorite scene where he hands off the floppy disk to the bad guy and how that whole is scene that goes Is that the down? one where Matthew Lillard is hiding between that woman's legs from Alan West, and he gets <laughs> up, and you can, as it gets away, he's like, oh, has he got... Because he gets right in her face. He goes right from, like, feet, feet to vag to face. Feet. And he's like, oh, is he gone? Phew, that was a close one, Scoob. And he just leaves, and his entire bare ass and gooch is visible. <laughs> I'm talking the scene where our hero Sherlock Holmes, a.k.a. Zero Cool, is standing out in the dark alley, like out of a fucking film noir. And then the plague comes skitching into frame <laughs> on a skateboard and snatches it out of his hand. Oh, that car no pulling in ominously as he's holding on to the handle like, fuck, shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Got it! And they just drive off. Keep your balance, keep your balance. The combo's still going. And like, you are 45 years old, man. Just get in the back seat. <laughs> he's apparently rich, too. Because, like, earlier in the movie, this is like, hours early the movie's less than two hours but still it feels like hours ago uh he's like giving like a board meeting because i guess he's in charge of cybersecurity. so he's pretty much just like the guy from uh live for your die hard but with longer hair and uh he and she's like you were paid to stop the hackers and he's like yeah you use a three-letter password <laughs> i explicitly said do not use sex as a password c u m <laughs> So, anyway... Uh, <laughs> Since we're bouncing around, can we talk about when Sally Can't Dance gets arrested? Because that was one of the funniest scenes of the movie to me. Because <laughs> he has the nightmare sequence about him getting taken away. He's like, oh, it was just a bad dream. His mom walks in, opens the blinds, and an assault rifle just enters the frame. Right, no, that's, that's yeah, the, the assault rifle comes in through the window, not the door. It goes, boom! They're on, like, the 13th floor. Someone was floor. standing with the window open, just waiting, like... Wait, I hear the mom coming. Now! And this thing barged through, <laughs> assault rifles drawn, aiming at this high school hacker. And that guy just starts reading him his Miranda rights, like, you have the right to remain something. He's going, like, so fast. Like, it's the fucking big Latin scene from Disorder in the Court. Meanwhile, his Hispanic mother starts beating the shit out of him with her purse. As you do. Right, that's, you know, that's the way it goes. You know, all races get it in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's so, uh... After this, uh, they hack the guy. I have to admit, I don't remember how the climax goes. But they hack the guy, and uh, they're able to stop the bad thing from happening. Meanwhile, the government gets on them, and it's exposed that it wasn't them who did it. It was that dirty, rotten plague who did it. And it's exposed like on like the television, right? Like It's like, oh, look at the plague. He did this it is thing. all of the television. Right. Oh, that's, I forgot. It is yeah. exposed by our two public access Asian and friends. And serial killer <laughs> who gets on. It's the vibes yeah, guy. The vibes you guy. need him on, on your national broadcast. Yeah, our vibraphone guy uh, gets on there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what cool people can we put on national TV you with us? Michael, you gotta get Matthew Millard and all his breeds. And uh, he he puts on a little bottom third there the 
the bank account information for uh, the for the plague. And as everyone wakes up from being in bed with the plague, he's already gone. He's already got <laughs> he a, ghosted her. He gets a fucking Mr. Miyagi costume on and gets on a plane to leave. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alan West is already on the plane and he handcuffs him and he says, I'll never fly this airline again. Which is, as, as far as like a villain's ending line, that's right up there with Robert Patrick and Double Dragon saying, You think I'm bad? Wait till you meet my lawyers. <laughs> He's dressed in disguise like he's about to sell someone a gremlin. It's real <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's unfortunate, man. And by the way, to pretend like millions of people are going to see Matthew Lillard's face and go, this guy might be onto something. <laughs> we should listen to what he has to say. Meanwhile, that is enough to free the, the hackers from that government facility. They're able to rollerblade to freedom. Uh, so, in our denouement... The uh, ending scene here, uh, fucking Matthew Lillard <laughs> Fuck. is on. Not Matthew Lillard, sorry. Crash Overlines is on. Uh, our favorite Bandicoot is on a date with. Shut up! I didn't feel good about it either. Uh, is on a <laughs> date with uh, Acid Burn, and she's wearing a dress. I think call that a dress. And uh, oh, I could teach you to show about a dress, lady, and. He, <laughs> and uh anyway he they're walking along and uh he's like oh you look pretty good at a dress and she responds you'd look better pretty good own pretty good own to which he asks her hey do you know how to swim and she looks at him and uh, i don't know if you guys watch the director's cut but i i i didn't either but i assume in the director's cut he picks her up and just yeets her into that pool and uh <laughs> so they're just that's enough to get you canceled on twitch good. buddy <laughs> uh, poor one out for Dr. Disrespect And uh Dude I was with my family all day Sunday And all I wanted to do was tell them about the doc <laughs> So anyway they're just Floating they're not swimming they're just Floating in that pool their faces Barely visible and he's like hey Check it out points at a skyscraper And he hacked the lights in the Building so they spell out Crash Ampersand burn and uh, they're like, oh, that's so romantic, you know? And uh, It's so cute that he's taking her last and, name. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she says, he says, you know, I've been having some weird, and she's like, dreams? So, oh, they've been dreaming about each other, which brings back, I was like, oh, yeah, he did have a dream about her. That dream involves, he, he's sleeping in his bed, right? She comes into his room in just a motorcycle outfit, unzips it, explodes just dumps them out, right? Exposed titties in a PG-13 movie. It should have been like a hard R right there. Makes out with him, then they both immediately get arrested. If we haven't all been there, fellas... Dude, that's the most realistic part yeah, of this movie. <laughs> that is exactly how sex dreams exactly. go. It's like, oh, why are you in this motorcycle outfit? Who right, cares? Yeah. Let's yeah, fuck. That's the way it goes. So, uh, any final thoughts about Hackers? I I have a loaded question. So many thoughts. We got this far without even mentioning that Mark Anthony is just in this movie. <laughs> we didn't even mention that they do like their huge hack in the movie in these phone booths. And whoever built that rotating phone booth set is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen. We need more roller. What is a movie about? Why does a movie about hacking have four dream sequences? <laughs> <laughs> Why do the Asian guys look and sound like the Hardley brothers? <laughs> you know, 
know, it's so interesting that like half this movie, which we didn't even get into, involves like a visual. It's like, it's like the opening of Fight Club, where it's just like the different brain synapses and stuff, except that it's uh, the guy who would end up being Sherlock later on, just looking at a cityscape, and instead of seeing all the buildings and streets and stuff like that, he sees like a computer chip in like silhouette, like electric blue. And it's it looks silly. obscene how many times that happens, with just random formulas appearing on the screen. <laughs> The random formulas are a nice touch in every movie in this genre. It is astonishing. This is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Also, (laughs) I can't tell you what the plot is. Correct. (laughs) It's like trying to fucking get on here like, alright, so what did you think about the end of 2001? Like, I don't know, man. A lot of shit happened. That's the thing is, I don't need much of this uh, explained. Now, if they made a sequel to this, Oh man! Like, give me the, the fucking little kid from Serenity joins their hacker cabal. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, that would be perfect. I <laughs> fucking zero squat just hacking in from the forest. <laughs> I have a new mission for you. <laughs> Matthew Lula just taking people on his fishing pontoon. <laughs> god damn it! That's a movie. Just doing the, the, the coyote howl as they just force feed him bourbon. <laughs> Are you going to catch me a big fish, Daddy? Oh! oh! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. I'm due for serenity oh, rewatch. Oh, yeah. I got the Blu ray right here. <laughs> you catch me a big fish. <laughs> Next week's episode Serenity again. No, I'm 100% okay with that. <laughs> And that's the tea, sis.